Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch Game of Thrones with us. Welcome back to episode three. Three. We're making our way through the season. We're officially more than halfway through. The world's longest no. season. No. Not probably not in total runtime. No. It's hard to know when you have 70 minute episodes, HBO. Yikes. <laughs> you see, it's all like a big 10 hour long movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't at me. It's not our seven season long movie. Don't at us. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about episode three. Because this episode was simultaneously a giant nothing and also pretty rich. Yeah. So, in this episode, a few exciting things happened. First, the season six writers are back, apparently. We're so happy they're back! (laughs) We missed you so much. So we've got dick jokes. However, it seems as though dick jokes this season have been traded in for grammar jokes, so we got some of those, too. Thanks, season six writers. They're definitely lost and alone again. <laughs> so Daenerys and John are now Frank and Claire and also had probably the longest dick whipping competition in all of television history. Don't at us. Cersei had murder sex and also managed to weasel out of her student loans. So Cersei, come at us because I'd like to know how you did that. Sansa's busy passing some policy reform in Winterfell, keeping up on those grain stores and whatnot. Bran managed to name drop the three-eyed raven, and Sansa totally doesn't understand him, which you can tell because the Goblet of Fire blue filter is back in full force in Winterfell. And lastly, Sir Friendzone uh, seems to have cleared up his chlamydia, and uh, (laughs) Professor Slughorn is pretty upset about it, let me tell you. (laughs) You told me this wouldn't be as funny as the last recap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Cersei adding you. <laughs> what do you think her handle would be? <laughs> I don't know, but he definitely would have tweeted for free Mac giveaway lipstick day. Hashtag Mac lip lips 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 lips. <laughs> <laughs> what was great about that moment is she comes on the screen with like pink lipstick, and we're both like, "Hey, free Mac day!" And then it turns out that her lipstick was actually poison, and I was like, "That totally makes sense." Because while that pink is not a bad color on you, Cersei, it totally doesn't go with the rest of like your evil queen look. But it's because it was just for poison, right? I'm upset we didn't get our poison lipstick this weekend. I know. I went all the way to Nashua and didn't even get poison lipstick. Like, what are you playing at Matt Counter in the Macy's of the Pheasant Hill Mall? <laughs> Y'all don't go to Nashua. <laughs> Please don't go to Nashua. <laughs> Whatever you do. What's what's the King's Landing or Westeros equivalent of Nashua? Like the town where all the fish scale people live? It's Wet Dorn. It's Wet Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't hate all of New Hampshire all the time. We just hate most of New Hampshire most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So you had something exciting happen in your fantasy draft this week. 
Y'all may remember that we started a fantasy draft, and we have our varsity team, who are the people who are supposed to stay alive for the season, and we've got a JV team, who are the people who are supposed to die this season, and guess who had Lady Olena on their team? What, 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 what? <laughs> Congratulations for the official first death. I've tentatively put the point on my team. I will qualify that we all should know at this point that if you do not physically see the person die on screen, they may not have died, which is of note because Cersei poisons um, Ilaria's daughter with the free MAC lipstick, but we don't see her die either. And presumably it's the same poison, like, you know, how many poison vendors do the Lannisters really have? So to be determined, if Elena actually died... I still feel like the writers really missed out on an opportunity by not just having her face plant on the table as they zoomed away before cutting to the credits. We'll see where that one goes. But as of right now, I've got the first death. You do? How does it feel? It feels pretty good. You're missing my victory dance right now. Damn it. (laughs) You know what a good dancer I am. I do. I really do. So I mentioned this in our summary, but... A really exciting thing happened this episode, and we got dick jokes back. We got them back! We got them back. There were so many. Multiple characters made them. It was (laughs) awesome. (laughs) What is our final count at this point in this episode? We decided in this episode that it seems as if the new norm is grammar jokes. Like, the writers traded in dick jokes for grammar jokes, so we now have two counts going. We've got the camera... Wow, the camera. Grammar <laughs> count and the dick count. So for dick jokes, I've got eight by my count. One of them, however, is Kelsey's choose your own adventure dick count or <laughs> dick joke. <laughs> Which is truly the dick joke that the writers deserve, not the dick jokes that the writers need. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> So true. You can find it on Twitter at HateWatch with us. Yeah, how's that for a tease to get you to like, like our tweets? <laughs> um, For grammar jokes, we've got five. Five grammar jokes? That's still pretty impressive. We've got eight to five right now. Even in 70 minutes, that's not bad. It would be impressive, but we know that these writers don't have likes to stand on, so who are they to be talking about grammar rules? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I suppose, though, when you, when like 90% of your original property is made up languages, I guess it like gives you a little bit of license. Or is that just easy, sloppy writing? My favorite example is the moment when Daenerys says, and what does perpetuity mean? about it is that I work for a municipality and you would be amazed at how often we talk about things in perpetuity. (laughs) 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 And so I just feel like Dragonstone has a really good handle on litigation at this point. Although speaking of that scene, I want to file my gripe away right now. Go for it. And I know I said I didn't have a gripe and that was my gripe, but I changed my mind because I have a gripe. Excellent. And I remember it now. <laughs> so, Daenerys is sitting there on her sweet-ass throne. The best throne in all of the Seven Kingdoms. Like, HGTV should do a throne room special on the Dragonstone throne. 
It's quite bespoke, if I can speak for Kevin McLeod. <laughs> so she's sitting on her throne, and I texted you, and I said, I, I'm waiting for her to break the fourth wall. Like, when is this coming? Because you want it at that point, because she's just, you're, they're just ripping lines from, like, House of Cards, just verbatim. And she makes eye contact with Tyrion, and the sloppy-ass camera angles that they use were this close to being a Jim Helper deadpan to the camera stare of like, well, what the fuck does this guy think he's doing? It was yep. this close. And if I'm spending a gazillion dollars making a, I almost said an elite, but it's not an elite, an HBO production, <laughs> a regular old HBO production, I don't think I make sloppy camera angles quite like that so that people interpret it that way. I think I may be aware of where things are going and where people are looking before I put together that particular cut. Although, let me counter that they may have thought that that was a clever way to get at the feeling of breaking the fourth wall, but without having to actually do it, since that's not a norm in the show universe. Right? So if you, like, position the camera so that she's looking at Tyrion, but it, like, almost looks like she's looking at you, kind of like those pictures that, like, look like the eyes are moving when you look at them, (laughs) then it feels like Daenerys is actually looking at you, and then you, like, have a moment to connect with the character, because, like, you totally understand why she has to roll her eyes at Jon in that moment. God, give me that think piece. (laughs) I want to actually just stay up and write that think piece and pitch it to Vulture. (laughs) Just kidding, Vulture, you're better than that. (laughs) are they though are they though we like vulture the best at least (laughs) (laughs) that's why we have to give them so much shit (laughs) we have biased feelings (laughs) so as long as we're griping yeah i'll go ahead and throw mine in honestly i'm still at this moment of time debating between two but i think i've just decided on which one i'm gonna go with you guys got to see me doing this debate in real time So Cersei takes her free Mac lipstick and murders Ilaria's daughter and then immediately wipes it off and goes to have murder sex with Jaime, which like, I imagine that if you're like riding that high on murder that like you got to get it out of your system. So whatever, Cersei. (laughs) But how can you be so sure that you got all the poison off of your mouth and like what's going to happen to Jaime's dick? When it's got poison lipstick all over it. I just don't think she thought through the consequences. He already doesn't have a hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many parts of him are you trying to lose here, Cersei? This was, like, not well planned. And then, so then they have sex, and they wake up the next morning, and Cersei, like, leaps out of bed, and Jamie's like, we can't get caught like this. And she's like, I'm the queen of all of fucking Westeros. I can sleep with whoever I want. And a lot of this war started... Because she had sex with Jamie and all of her kids are actually Jamie's kids. So while it's fair that all of her kids are dead and that she doesn't have a whole lot else to live for and she's run out of fucks to give, shouldn't that maybe like don't the optics of that still come into play? Um no. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. I mean, I'm not trying to overestimate Cersei as a diplomat here because I know that's not the game she's trying to play but like also you don't have a legitimate claim to the throne anymore because everyone knows that your kids are actually Jamie's, and 
maybe don't tell the whole Seven Kingdoms that you're sleeping with him now. And take away an opportunity for the writers to put in another incest scene? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? I know. Didn't we also, wasn't one of the dick jokes a finger in the butt joke to mm-hmm. Jamie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was about what's his face when he got friend zoned. When Euron got friend zoned? Yeah. That was a sweet burn. I want to give them like a half an inch of kudos for that. See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yup, yup. <laughs> Choose your own dick joke. <laughs> I gotta say, though, Daenerys and Jon may have had the longest dick-whipping competition in television history, but the one between Euron and Jamie as they stood on the throne with all of King's Landing applauding them in the background may come in for second. That was a long pissing match. But I was kind of here for it. I can't take Euron Greyjoy seriously. <laughs> Well, that's why it's funny. Even as a fictional character, like, if Lego made Lego Game of Thrones, then maybe <laughs> I could be here for Euron Greyjoy. He had, like, an S&M horse in addition to his S&M, <laughs> like, I don't know what you'd call that, entrapments. Entrapments. <laughs> Accoutrement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. I also feel like it can't go without mentioning that Sir Friendzone's chlamydia just resolved itself. In the same way that people can just travel from one continent to another in record speed. The time warping in Westeros has become officially problematic. Like, I read a think piece, I want to say last week, probably from Vulture, but who even knows anymore, about time in Game of Thrones and how... You're supposed to be understanding that there's all these wars happening and individual battles happening, and then the, like, important politicians behind all of these wars are moving from continent to continent, and that's, like, what allows the wars to happen. And yet, like, Dorne is, like, three months behind King's Landing, which is happening at, like, six months of time, whereas Winterfell is happening over a year. Whereas we've spent, like, way too long watching the show. And the first three seasons were just different groups of people traveling the King's Road. Those were purer times. <laughs> and so far, the only travel sequence we've gotten was when Arya ran into What's-His-Face. Popeye. No, the singing man. Oh, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Our acoustic friend. Yeah, that little troll. <laughs> <laughs> that little troll. So so all of the powers of Westeros are time warping from one to another. So we know we know that it takes like months to get from King's Landing to Winterfell. And Dragonstone is south of King's Landing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made it clear they were in the south a few times. Right. So John <laughs> was able to get from Westeros to Dragonstone, which is south of King's Landing in like a fortnight. And Meanwhile, Arya has been traveling from the twins to either King's Landing or Winterfell. She changed her mind. Dicking around. And the twins are north of King's Landing and, like, west of the Riverlands, right? Or east? Yeah. Either way, they are closer to Winterfell than Dragonstone. But we gotta get through Arya's travel sequence. When you play Westeros Risk, you deduct like seven turns when you meet Ed Sheeran. (laughs) Oh my god, I feel like we have a moral responsibility to create 
armchair psychology the boy scouts and also just like surrealism i can't handle the little finger in his little talking about pissing matches that happened in this episode, I feel like Lilfinger is in, like, a constant pissing match with himself. With his Lilfinger. With his Lilfinger. It's just, like, Lilfinger versus his Lilfinger. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh my god. <sighs> <So> <sighs> the Lilfinger news bulletin goes like this. <laughs> Fight every battle everywhere always in your mind. Everyone is your enemy. Everyone is your friend. Every possible series of events is happening all at once. Live that way. Nothing will surprise you. Everything that happens will be something that you've seen before. <laughs> and speaking of things that we've seen before, I'm 95% sure they ripped that straight off of Michael Scott. <laughs> Don't ever, no matter who you are. <laughs> Sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it's going. That is some words of wisdom. So by imagining that all things are happening at all times, is it the premise of Confederate? No, you're not imagining that. <laughs> yep, nope. That's what's, that's, I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta say HBO. That's fucking lazy. Oh, HBO. My full insight to Confederate can be summed up as you're just fucking lazy they have a whole scene where someone is trying to talk policy cersei with oh it is cersei it's when she's getting out of her student loans yeah she's trying to talk policy with the iron bank and they're just going on and on about the slave trade and i was like right now game of thrones <laughs> right now showrunners like we made this joke on twitter but i guarantee they were writing that part of the script and they were like oh we could reuse that. That could yeah. be the premise of an entire show. Sure, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, you know what's a really great idea is reopening the, like, infected racial wounds of this country. And pretending it's fiction. Yeah. Yeah. And putting it on, like, the whitest white network that there is. Yeah. Well, you know, Samuel Tarley did cure full-body syphilis just by scraping off the top layer of scabs. So maybe it's like that. 
<laughs> is that the metaphor that HBO is using to run with? That's that's their logic now. That's fun. <laughs> that's that's super. That's <laughs> super great. Super good and great. Oh boy. I'm pretty annoyed that we spent two seasons dealing with Sir Friend Zone's fish scale, and then all someone had to do was like scrape it off. And then literally the next morning, everyone's like, okay, bye, Sir Friend Zone. I mean, it works out great for my fantasy team. But like, in terms of useless characters, he's up there, right? Oh, way up there. Because so far, his plot can be summed up as was useful in a plot intervention for Daenerys once by not letting her die. In like season one. Uh, There were a couple other times that they used him that way. Yeah, but he had one job. Yeah, he had one job. And then he pissed Daenerys off, and so she exiled him. And then he came back, and so she exiled him. And then he came back, and so she exiled him. And then he came back, and then she was like, (laughs) find the cure to your gonorrhea. And then exiled him. And so, is he gonna come back? What a beautiful metaphor for the friend zone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as she once said, that friend zone is terminal. Oh, boy. So, real-time update. It is 10.50 on July 30th, right after episode three has aired. And five minutes ago, so 45 minutes after the episode, Vulture posted the think piece, Jon Snow and Daenerys, is it gross to ship them? I knew they'd be all over that shit. They're already Daenerys and Jon Underwood. Like, you don't gotta push it any harder than that, Vulture. (laughs) Um, so I just... I was just checking out Mashable's Twitter account just to see what kind of shit they're posting because they're such a dumpster fire. Right. And in the midst of their Game of Thrones content spam, which includes cartoons now, yep. there's a, a news article or some sort of interest article that says, don't know who's hitting on you, this funky shoulder pad will help. And they're oh, like... Oh my god. It has nothing to do with Game of Thrones, but it's about shoulder pads. And some sort so it of does. weird technological thing that came out, and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know what you need to do with it? It needs to be sent to Catherine Van Arendonk as a reply to yeah, her, right now. her season seven opener about shoulder fashion in Game of Thrones. Oh, God. Which is worth a read if y'all out there are looking for more Game of Thrones think pieces. Yeah, it is. The last thing I want to give to Game of Thrones, which is as you teased earlier, a gripe in and of itself is they did this battle scene in Casterly Rock uh, with some fairly effective voiceover from Tyrion. And it was not the worst battle scene I've ever seen. I don't want to like overstate the issue. I was mad that I didn't hate it. It was pretty legit. I I texted you and I was like, I think this is fun, maybe? Almost. It's like not a bad way to construct a battle scene. Yeah, because typical Game of Thrones would be like, let's talk about the battle scene and then draw it out on a map and then let's travel to the battle and then let's have the battle and let's let the battle go on for like an episode, maybe two, and then... And let's have the battle do nothing that was discussed in the project planning meeting. Right. So it was nice to see them put everything together and have the planning BO carry through the whole battle sequence. Well, especially because, like, battle sequences are not interesting to watch on their own merit. Right. So, like, it's it's nice to just multitask, like, kill a couple birds with a few stones, you know? 
This felt like a pretty buttoned up episode. Oh, the last thing I missed is that Melisandre made a huge mistake. What was her huge mistake? I don't know. She just stood on a cliff and basically said, I made a huge mistake. Arrested Westeros. Oh, I was thinking of Missandre because their names are so fucking similar. Yeah, she's she's made life choices. So this was episode three. Next Sunday will be episode four. And we are not going to be here for it. No, or episode five. Oh my god, guys. So Kelsey and I are going on two different vacations. And actually, we're going on like the same vacation, but two weeks (laughs) apart. Um, so we will not be here for Sunday the 6th or Sunday the 13th. We will be back on Sunday the 20th for, what will that be, episode 6? And then episode 7 will be on the 27th. So we'll be here for the end of the series, but we're going to miss the two in the middle. We'll find some way to catch up on it. It just won't be through a bind off. Yeah. So you'll miss us the next two Sundays. We'll miss you. Regular episodes will continue posting on Tuesdays, but we'll be back on the 20th for episode 6. It'll be great. If you miss us, you can always use hashtag HateWatchGOT and carry on our noble quest. And as always, you can always find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs. Find us by email, HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. Or for additional content, old episodes, our Game of Thrones fantasy draft, if you want to catch up ahead of next week's episode, and a whole bunch of other stuff, you can find us on Tumblr, HateWatchWithUs.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) You told me this wouldn't be as funny as the last recap.